It's the Blue Zone Movie Podcast, featuring a rotating lineup of Blue Zone personalities and in-studio producer Luke Winters. Get ready. Lights, cameras, action! Welcome to the uh, special Blue Zone podcast. We have a special local area filmmaker with us today, Brian Lennon. How's it going, Brian? It's going pretty good, Luke. And uh, we'd be remiss to mention that we to not mention that we also have a roundtable of a lot of Blue Zone personalities with us. Um, one of the original Blue Zoners is here, Sarah Young, and of course uh, one of our new actors in our stable of talent. A new one. T.C. Petty. Hey. <laughs> uh, T.C. Petty, no stranger to uh, radio shows. He has his own podcast every week. Podcast, me and Luke, uh, Sergeant the Invisible Man podcast. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, we'll get you details on that later because I honestly don't know him offhand. So. I just subscribed to that podcast. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank, yep. thank thanks you. for the, uh, the, we, the we, nod. We appreciate any vote of confidence, honestly. So, Brian, something I've wondered for a while now, why the name Blue Zone? That's an excellent question, excellent question. Sarah, do you remember the origin of the name Blue Zone? I do. I was there when it was first invented, well, at least applied to the Blue Zone film company. It actually has an interesting origin, but I think you're better off explaining it. The name Blue Zone Films, interestingly enough, came from a pair of pants that a uh, friend of ours uh, and fellow blues owner Jason Beal used to wear back is that in our... The, that, is that why the picture is featured in a lot of the videos? That's true. That's true. Our, mm. our company logo is the, the crotch area of a pair of pants. Now, those aren't the actual <laughs> blue zone pants, and in fact, that's not Beal's crotch. Mm. That's my crotch because <laughs> the blue zone pants were long since gone by the time we got around to, to doing that. But uh, the name blue zone came from this pair of blue dress pants that he had that over on, on the side pocket it had the word blue zone next to it. And then whenever he would wear those pants, if he got too close to you, and like as you were hanging, hanging out, if he would stand too close to you or, or came up to say something to you, you had to stick out your hand as he approached to go, whoa, blue zone, blue zone, get me a little close there. Get me a little close. And then he would have to uh, take a step back. And these were just work pants? Yep, they were just like, like <laughs> n- they weren't jean material, they were like dress pants. And that's where we got the uh, name blue zone from. Really has nothing to do with movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't have to. I was just very curious. Is that the story you were thinking of, Sarah? Well, yeah. That it, I knew it had to do with a pair of pants, and you guys were trying to come up with a name for the company, and that's a name that you all um, associated with uh, fun, crazy stuff. So I think it fits the movies pretty well, too. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now that we got the name business out of the way, uh, approximately how many films does Blue Zone have? Blue Zone approximately has 14 films of varying degrees of quality. Uh, mm. Some of them, I'm counting a couple films that we made even before Blue Zone uh, existed as a business entity. Um, as, as I said on a, a top secret webpage that I'll tell you, about, um, tell you more about later, um, Blue Zone started basically as a group of like four high school kids who liked filming stupid movies on a camcorder. And then over time, we've evolved into a uh, group of like 12 people that like making <laughs> stupid movies filmed on a camcorder. I hear that's how Spielberg got his start. 
not only Spielberg, but also Jeff Speakman. Um, <laughs> the greatest actor of all Well, the second greatest actor of all time, roughly. It, it depends on who you're talking if to. If he had more of a body of work. This is kind of a podcast for another day. But uh, let's just say Jeff Speakman will change your life if you ever see anything he's ever done. God love him. <laughs> um, so, um, but we had, uh, what was the question? Oh, uh, like 14 different movies, probably. Um, some Only comedies. 14. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think I just, I just was typing. I thought typing you had an epic size DVD. Well, the DVD is epic size, but it's only epic size because it's, fi- it's chock full of, uh, goodness, uh, short film goodness. Ah, okay. Um, I mean, back in the day when, when we were in high school filming stupid movies, we one time filmed a movie that was 90 minutes long and it was god off. It was unwatchable, <laughs> but we thought it was hilarious and I feel bad for anyone who was forced to sit through it. <clears throat> and that's not on the DVD? That one's not on not the DVD. Not even in the special features? Nope, nope. No. But these days we're a little wiser, so we know that most of our movies shouldn't exceed maybe five minutes. <laughs> did yeah. you direct? How many of these did you direct? Or was it just a collaborative kind of thing? Most of them are a collaborative thing. They're, uh, because I find that with the group of uh, people that we have working, if, if one of us tries to take charge and try to lay down a law... It'll just make uh, everybody else pissed off, and it'll end in a fight. <laughs> How? Oh, sorry. Were you gonna? Well, of course, yeah. Um, so, did it grow? How many people? How many people have been in these movies? It started with four people. Start, started with four. Probably our biggest production was a film called Taking Sides. Oh god, the best film ever. Great movie, <laughs> um, and that probably featured about maybe ten or twelve people. Oh wow. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. That was a cool one because we got to uh, film like uh, in a downtown situation on the roof of buildings and hang over the edge and jump from roof to roof. It was pretty cool. Have ninja fights. I remember some sweet ninja fights. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of good fake blood in that one and uh, guns. So there was a budget. Uh, yeah, there was actually quite a big budget because uh, on the film before that one, our our old camcorder had died. So in preparation for taking size out of a new camcorder, and I think that's basically the only thing we've ever used it for. So um, the wow, budget on that movie was probably almost a thousand dollars. Almost a thousand. <laughs> I don't think I've hit that level even with these podcasts. I mean, I think we spent eighty dollars. Well, eighty, yeah, eighty dollars on eighty for the for the, pro, the production software. Well, it, yeah. sound, it sounds like you spent twice that much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We, we we aim for one hundred and sixty dollars worth of quality. Well, you succeed, <laughs> and I got that for free when I down, when I subscribed to your podcast. I, got I know one hundred and sixty dollars worth of stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what you can, you can't get that anywhere but the internet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't pay for stuff that's on the internet. Sergeant the, the Sergeant the Invisible Man, check it out. Thank you for the the plug there, Brian. Yeah, second plug. Ching. <laughs> but uh, I have a question, like. Um, how involved were the productions? Did you sit down with a script, or did you just say, hey, this is what it is, improv, friends? Uh, our very early movies were all improv which is why they dragged on to lengths of like 90 minutes, like I mentioned. Um, then as we formed Blue Zone and sort of got a little better at it, we would have general, I mean, I mean improv to the point of we set up the camera not knowing what was going to happen, and then just made it up on the spot. Um, so then when we filmed Blue Zone and got our act together a little bit, we came up with storylines ahead of time, but not really the dialogue. That helped control it a little bit. But then the, la- the past uh, 
maybe three or four projects have had actual scripts. And not to the point where we say, here are scripts, go memorize this, because you have to know every single line by heart, but just scripts to guide things a little better. Get it going, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, what is your favorite Blue Zone film? And give a little description of it so people One know. One of your favorites. No, pick that your is favorite. The mo- <laughs> pick your favorite. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, Don't feel pressured. Uh, I feel a lot, feel of, a lot of pressure, actually. I feel a lot of pressure, I actually. Um, it's not an easy question for a filmmaker to choose his favorite film. But. My favorite of all our films would be, the, would be the movie Taking Sides because I think it looks the most professional. Um, has a lot of good fight scenes in it, a lot of good music. Got some good performances out of uh, Mike Berlou. And that was the one movie I think where uh, I actually sort of acted like a, or came off as the, that I sort of knew how to act. Um, and it's not really one of our funny ones. And it also features a story that most people say that, here, here's the deal with that one. We had just seen the movie Momentum, uh, uh, Memento. You know that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, that was told uh, backwards or whatever. So we decided we love that. We were gonna we were gonna make a movie that half the movie was a flashback that went in reverse chronological order. The other half of the movie was in current times that went forward in regular time. And then we would alternate between the two. Each scene would alternate back and forth. So it's so confusing, no one can follow it. <laughs> okay. But we still claim to this day, and Sarah can back me up on this if she wants to, but she may not want to. If you dissect the, the movie and put it in the right order, the plot makes perfect sense. We, made, we, wrote, we wrote the movie in the order that it really would have happened. We wrote the script and then cut it all up into sections. And uh, I, to this day, I, I would bet money that if you dissect it, it all fits together perfectly. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, you made sure that there, there was a definite beginning, middle, and end for each storyline. It's just a little bit difficult for the average viewer to understand where you are in the in the movie artistic vision that's why we demand <laughs> extraordinary viewers sarah <laughs> average viewers hey we appreciate it if you st- stop by and check out the web page but we're really looking for the those viewers that have something special to offer <laughs> well well since since sarah sat down um from making some cupcakes uh what do you think is your favorite one what's your favorite blue zone film and that, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> and don't feel pressured. Well, Brian not, didn't. I'm not. I'm not. Pr- he did too. <laughs> well, I guess you. It depends on why I why I like them. I mean. Well, which one was the one that you starred the most in? That. Well, that that doesn't help at all. <laughs> I gotta tell you. I'm, so that I, wouldn't be your favorite one. Uh, no, no, that doesn't help. Uh, I don't consider myself a very good actor. At least in the the Blue Zone films, I'm not. So I would say, I'm taking sides, I think, was a really good project. So, you know, there was a lot of work put into that by a lot of different people. And I really do think the end product was was really good, you know, considering everything. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a good film. So, and I, and I don't have a very big role in that. So I'm comfortable with, with giving that one accolades. Okay. In, you know, having pre-screened, I don't want to contrast the filmmakers, but uh, having pre-screened both these films, or at least the two films of the Blue Zone that I'm most familiar with, A Special Day and Taking Sides, I have to say you're both wrong. A Special Day is probably the best film that you guys have ever made. Uh, and it is probably the best film that I've honestly ever seen. 
That's a controversial statement right there. <laughs> Forget Avatar. I'm, I'm submitting a special day for this year's Academy Awards. It's the well, emotional journey. Award, I guess. <laughs> it's the emotional journey of a man who is caught up in the throngs of addiction and the paths he takes and the choices he makes to the end result of, I guess, death. I don't remember, honestly, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the very definition of what I just mentioned a minute ago, the extraordinary viewer, Luke, because um, you got to the heart of that movie right there. And, you know, it may sound like a very serious movie, you know, dealing with drug addiction, but I've honestly never laughed more in my life than, I, than when watching this film. I And this this isn't said exaggeratedly. I fell out of my chair laughing. <laughs> you actually did. I remember that. But see what... The reason that, that you enjoyed it so much and laughed so much to that extent is because, true, it does have the serious topic of drug abuse in it, but what you're not mentioning is that it also deals with um, infidelity, sexual abuse. I mean, that, that counterbalances the seriousness of the drug use. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying the drug, bu- the drug abuse blankets all these other issues. Don't forget the suicide. I did forget the suicide. There's, there's no rape in this one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure that's true. I think <laughs> if, it, there, no, there in is. fact, there there's, are two. Well, then I guess you're there's right. There's a lot of counterpoint rape. here. <laughs> there's a lot of rape, but I, I think the Blue Zone, this Blue Zone film, handles that issue very well, delicately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, really, really, you know, it's a social statement, and I appreciate you guys for for sharing it with me. Hey, it's our, it's our pleasure. That that movie was. That was weird because that movie was actually inspired because one weekend I went to uh, a video store that had a lot of weird stuff and, and I rented um, two collection of Richard Hell's New York Underground films and uh, Lydia Lunch, uh, Fingered, her movie Fingered, and a couple uh, Warhol things, um, Flesh for Frankenstein and uh, I think Dracula. But I watched all these like underground movies over the course of two days and said, oh my god. Those movies look like they were filmed on a camcorder that couldn't even record in color. We can make something like this, and that's uh, that's why we we did that movie. And then we tried to make it a little little cooler by um, you actually see the movie happen, but intercut between the scenes, you see little interviews with the filmmakers as we pretend like we're affected incredibly by the experience of <laughs> filming this this underground film. Uh, do you have anything uh, to comment on that film, Sarah? Because that was. Uh, that was a good one for you, if I recall. That's that uh, put your acting chops to the test. Yeah, especially when I dialed that phone. That was that was classic. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it. Was a really another deep film. You know, one of the few we have, I guess. But it was it was a lot of. Believe it or not, even though it had a lot of serious issues, I, it really was a lot of fun to to make. It was not easy to make, but. It was. It was. Fun. So it was one of the more difficult ones. Well, like the other emotionally, day. yeah. <laughs> emotionally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It okay. pretty much all took place in one house, so you know locations and. Well, that's that's a true indie film. Right yeah. There. Real sense of claustrophobia. Hmm. You know, it's interesting though. You said that you watched a filmmaker and you said, "I can do it better," pretty much, and that's where that film came from. That's uh, that's how a lot of people get their starts with uh. With their craft, I, I think suppose. Spielberg. That's how he started. <laughs> and Jeff Speakman. And Jeff Speakman. And Speakman. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting because, like, I, I think I remember reading a book Stephen King wrote on writing, and he's like, 
he read a bunch of stuff. He's like, oh, I can write better. So he just started writing. And it's interesting how people just see something and are like, I'm going to do it better. And then they do. Yep. yep. Yeah. So kudos to you for doing better. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yep. <clears throat> I've honestly never even heard of the filmmaker, and I've heard of you, so you are better. Hey, go, go ahead and Google me. I think you'll find I come up in the top ten. Uh, we just did this today. Uh, yep. Ninth. Ninth. <laughs> ninth entry for Brian Lennon uh, on Google. Who knows how many Lydia lunches there are if you Google that name. Seriously, it'd be, that's, that's, name. that's impressive. We're talking to the ninth place Google entry for Brian Lennon. Yes. Today, and, I mean, that's out of the entire world. That's a big place. Yeah. I mean, you could even get UK results for that, but you didn't. You got Brian. Yep. So, All right, well, here's something I want to do. That's that's enough talking about me. I want to get you guys well, involved. Well, before before so we move forward. on to before we move on, go ahead and plug your. We'll plug it at the end, but plug it now too. Your your Blue Zone fan page. On oh Facebook. well, this this is a major announcement we're making right here, Luke. Ah. Glad you brought that up. <clears throat> major announcement. Um, to coincide with the the publishing of this podcast, and. Uh, also, with the major announcement of the new Blue Zone Films web film department, we have set up a fan page on Facebook where you can go and watch uh, a lot of our movies, get links to this podcast, um, comment on things. We're going to have a review section of movies that we've seen as we try to incorporate uh, more of uh, Hollywood output into the site. And uh, so what you need to do is, because I can't really remember the URL, you got to go into Facebook and up in the little search window, you got to type Blue Zone Films. And keep in mind that Blue Zone is one word, even though it's going to tell you that's spelled wrong. So you just want to put B-L-U-E-Z-O-N-E space films and become a fan of that page, which uh, is going to be fantastic. Fantastic. And Facebook, that's it. Oh, yeah. Facebook's current. Yeah. Yeah. Social media. I've left, I've left my Blue Zone MySpace page behind like so much excrement, and I've moved on to Facebook. At this yeah, time, I, I googled Blue Zone films on MySpace. It didn't pop up. Uh, I don't um, think anyone's looking at those anymore. On our strategy, uh, Blue Zone strategy, about ten years from now, we're going to have a Twitter page. <laughs> mm, okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I would like to subscribe to that. So keep that in mind. Ten years from now. Um, it's become a follower. By the way, it's not subscribed. You don't oh, subscribe you to okay. Twitter. You become a follower. <clears throat> I, I don't even have a Twitter account. I don't even have a computer. All right, so um, here's what I here's what I wanted to do. Something uh, to get everybody involved. As I just mentioned, we want to get Blue Zone more as your hub for Hollywood entertainment. The, you go to the Blue Zone page, you're going to find reviews of current movies. You're going to find the news coming out of Hollywood that that we find to be interesting. That's exciting. It is exciting. So I've got a couple of tidbits of information that came out of Hollywood over the past couple of weeks, um, and I just want to get the group's uh, opinion on them and see what you have to say. These are all things that I found to be worthwhile and interesting in some sort of way, be it positive or negative. First thing that I was, was shocked to find online, and uh, I want everybody to chime in on this if they want to, but mainly I wrote this one down for my buddy TC. All right. I saw that his boy James Cameron has announced that he's, he's interested in penning an Avatar sequel novel. Not a movie, but he <laughs> wants to write a novel to continue the story of Avatar. And TC, of course, is... Everybody in America loves Avatar, but TC more so than anyone I've ever met. So I wanted to see what he thought about that. Well, I have seen Avatar once, but I really wanted to see it again in IMAX. So I am a super fan. Really like it. Um, how about how about? He's a super fan, but I've seen it more times than he has. <sighs> yeah, seriously. But but I want to savor each time, and I really have savored this first time that I saw it. Um, 
And I hope it goes on to win some awards, you know, in sound editing it better, and stuff. It better, we covered this in an earlier Blue Zone, or not Blue Zone, but Sarge and Invisible Man podcast. But if it wins Academy Awards, I'm going to become a filmmaker just so I can punch every single filmmaker in the face. Who votes on that? Exactly, exactly. So so we've got this, got that covered. But uh, is he, like... Is he actually a writer? I mean, was he a writer in the first in Avatar? Yeah, he writes. He writes and directs. He writes He's a writer director. Because yeah. I mean, he, he writes terrible writes dialogue. <laughs> so, so I mean, if the if the book is like. So he's just going to make a book. He's not going to make a movie. I, it didn't indicate this, but I would have to think with somebody. Like, you know how when famous people write books, they always have like someone co write it with them? William really? Shatner and. What did William Shatner do and? Because uh, I was off, thinking that oftentimes exactly. Oftentimes he did. Not not always. Okay, because oftentimes he did. I haven't read any of his books, but he's got a few. Yeah, even authors do that these days. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even write their own books. Yeah, what's that guy? What's James that guy? Patterson. Yeah, he's, he's, he's probably ones, part yeah. one of the worst authors ever. James Patterson but, and whoever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Stephen King did it, but but I feel I feel like I will never read it. But if that means that there's going to be an Avatar two, I'm all for it. Let me ask you this: one of, one of the problems that. There's there's 250 Star Wars novels, especially out there. if it's directed by Ridley Scott, because they did trade trade uh, Alien and Alien. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Ridley did the first one. Yeah, I know, but let's trade it back. <laughs> there are like 250 Star Wars novels out there. There's hundreds of them. Yeah. And a common common complaint amongst people is I don't want to read those books because they're not by George Lucas, so they don't matter. Mm-hmm. If a book is published about Avatar with the name James Cameron, be it as a solo author or a co-author. In your mind, does that book matter? Does it matter? If it has his name on it? If it has his name on it. Hey, the guy spent like four years on this. On this, So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yeah. It would continue the story. But it doesn't matter that much unless they make a- another Avatar movie. I mean, they, it's like six Star Wars films, so that's fine. And, you know, you get these books that are stuff in between. You make video games off of that. Right. But, yeah. I don't know if he doesn't. If he decides to decline an Avatar film, then I don't know if it really matters. Can I weigh in on this? Even though I've not seen the movie at all, yes. absolutely. In my opinion, it's too early in the history of Avatar to continue to just start publishing books. You know, Star Wars has been around a long time. There's a lot of lore around associated with it, and there are six films. And it seems okay that there would be. 250 novels supporting that universe that's been created over the years. Avatar has one film to its name, and I think there's still more room to make more films and then expand the, the universe with books and video games, etc., etc. That's just my opinion. Well, I don't know how many Hardy Boys films there have been. There's been a lot of books. A lot of books, yeah. Personally, if James Cameron was going to make a sequel to anything, I'd want a sequel to Titanic because... <laughs> I don't think that story has been completely told. They <laughs> could do it Lost style, flashbacks, flash forwards. You know, what, why am I on this boat? What am I doing here? Let's show the backstory. Oh wait, wait, I'm going to be off this boat a little later, so I'm going to have to show. We need to get back to the boat. <laughs> a little foreshadowing for yourself, TC. <laughs> All right, I'm going to. I'm looking at point number two here. <laughs> That I we always like up. bulleted points. So. And I'm going to skip this one because I think I'm the only one who would care about it. Uh, well, don't, oh, don't say on. that. I'm, I'm interested now. Now I'm going to be forced to be interested. This is Hollywood news. This is this Hollywood is news, folks. Edge. This is regular feature on the Blue Zone podcast. 
news coming out of Hollywood that we deem to be important. However, as I look at this one, I think I'm the only one who deems it important. <laughs> All right, here's what, here's what, I'll tell you what it is, but then you can tell me if, if I missed the boat on this one. I was reading this week that Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, have reformed their production company and have, um, they now have a first look producing deal with Warner Brothers to do a film together. This will be their first film together since um, Good Will Hunting. Hmm. Um, and they say that this is big because Ben Affleck has recently cut back his acting and done more writing and directing, and Matt Damon has an interest in um, directing. So this would be an opportunity for them to do that. I, for one, am excited to see them both together because regardless of what people say, I think they're both excellent. I know it's cool to, to I agree, make fun I agree of Ben Affleck, agree with you but I've enjoyed almost every movie I've seen with him. <laughs> okay, well, that's I never a little saw, crazy. No, no, I stand <laughs> oh, by oh, oh, No, me, keep in mind, I haven't seen, seen yet. Oh, okay, all right. The ones that, I was going to say. What was the one that's really, really... Gigi? G- G- yeah, Geely. 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 Oh, I haven't seen that one. But I like Jersey Girl. I, oh, I love Jersey Girl. I stand by Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl's okay. good. Jersey Girl got a lot of flack for no reason, I think. I agree. Just because it wasn't a Kevin Smith normal fare or whatever, but I thought Jersey Girl was great. I like the Sweeney Todd part. That was hot. That was hilarious. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that's good news. I, I like both those actors. I like Matt Damon a little more so than Ben Affleck, but I think they're both really talented, and obviously it shows because they can pretty much get work whenever they want. True. Are they going to so. do some some kind of like indie-style film? I don't know. Sort of Goodwill hunting Didn't really say it. Hmm. They used to do that, uh, was it HBO or whatever, that film Project where they... Project Greenlight or something? Project Greenlight, yeah, where they yeah. gave filmmakers a chance, kind of like a Did any of them show. get get out of that and do anything good? I mean, some of them were like, okay films, but not great. I honestly don't know. I didn't see any of them, but I know that Shia LaBeouf was in one of them, I yeah, think. Yeah, was he? Yeah. All right, point number three, bullet point number three. Oh, Sarah, <laughs> did you have anything you about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? I think it's great. I think they're good together, and it's nice to see them together again. I agree. Excellent point. All right, point number three. I saw an article that stated that the writers of Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle have been hired to pen the script for American Pie 4, which will be released to theaters, not direct-to-video like the the past couple years have seen. So we're going to get a proper sequel to American Pie which you'll have the pleasure of seeing in your local uh, your local movie theater. What do you have to say about that, boys? Okay, and girls, that's crap. That another American <laughs> Pie movie is crap. Uh, it's interesting. I just watched a documentary on John Hughes, like recently, and it said about how John Hughes made like he re he pretty much invented the teen genre, and he made it good, and how these films today wouldn't ever get made because. They'd be viewed as boring or whatever. Uh, American Pie, just, they need to go away forever. It is so over. It is. Uh, and I'll admit, I, I thought the first two were, were kind of funny, but it's not real. It's not a good teen film. It's ugh, I just wish they would stop making them. They don't have any more really to work with at this point. I'm not really, you know, they're really just yeah. grasping at straws, using the name... What is the what is the American Pie ones that have gone straight to video? Because I think there's been actually two or three. Oh, there's been more than that. There's been more than that. The only one I can remember offhand is something about the Naked Race or something. Yeah, the Naked Mile. Yeah, yeah. One there's there's one for Bandcamp, I think. Yeah, American Pie Bandcamp. There's been a there's been quite a few actually, and all of them have Eugene Levy in them, which is just ridiculous because 
It's sad. Gene, Gene Levy is great. He could no, do so not. much better. <laughs> you've no, never seen. Not. You've never seen the Christopher Guest films. Then no, I have. He's great Best in, in those show, films. Yeah, Best all those in Show. Other ones, and he's waiting okay. for Guffman. Yeah, well, you also think Leonardo DiCaprio isn't a good actor either. So <laughs> that's correct. I, I don't. Ju- I don't. I'm losing credibility. I'm losing your credibility. He is or isn't a good actor. You he's think not. He's he thinks he's not. TC thinks Leo is, is nominal. TC uh, thinks Marky Mark is a better actor than Leonardo oh, DiCaprio. Yeah. But well, that Mark sounds Wahlberg. like an interesting so T- discussion for another time. <laughs> I love both those guys. <laughs> Departed is one of the best movies you can Departed's ever hope great. to see. I love Departed. And they're, they're both fantastic. And they're both in it, yeah. yeah well, no, but, according to DC, only Marky Mark is good in it. Leonardo DiCaprio sucks in it. It, does he we, suck we, or is he adequate? We've already been at, we've been at this point. We need to move on from uh, that. All right. <laughs> But, right. uh, Anything but else you, about American but, Pie? Okay, so American Pie for uh, no one's interested in it? Keep in mind, American Pie is not the modern equivalent of John Hughes. I would say American Pie is the modern equivalent of Porky's. Porky's, yeah, yeah. but that's that movie, too. I've never seen it, but that that movie that you like, Adventureland, yeah. would that be likened to the modern equivalent of John Hughes, do you think? Um, That's a good question. I don't know. Adventureland? No. I want to say no. I would film? say no. Hmm? The zombie film, right? No, or no, are you no, talking? No. Oh, 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 oh Zombieland. No, Zombieland. Uh, Adventureland's the. Okay, yeah. I uh, just had to sit there. Or maybe stop, you know what? I may not yeah, even be thinking of the right amusement movie. Park. Yeah. Five hundred days of summer. Is that? Is that? Uh, that Five hundred like? days of summer is good, but I, it doesn't have a John Hughes feel to it okay. to me. So I don't. I don't think there has been a John did, Hughes feel. Did John movie. Hughes actually feel real? Like I've always thought he. It, it felt kind of like put on, but a happy universe. A happy realistic universe. Uh, that, I think of Breakfast Club as, as having that feel. What the I'd happy, agree with. I agree with that. that happy, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I, I kind of see it with the Bueller, scene, but the one movie where um, John, John Cusack is holding the jam box up over his head, though, that's not John. I mean, he didn't direct that one. I don't know if he wrote that. So oh, he didn't. That's uh, that's that's actually Cameron Crowe. Oh, all right. I'm going to be quiet then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the John Hughes films are all very manufactured. They have a very that's how I feel. Create, created environment, created universe. None of that is real, but it's a movie. So yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you would expect. But it, it's still more real than a lot of the things you're seeing now. I don't, well, I don't think there is anything that has been produced in the last 10 years that has that kind of, yes, we know it's fake, but you know, maybe this could be somewhere in America kind of feel yeah. to it. Well, in the documentary I, I saw, they interviewed a bunch of teens who compared John Hughes to today's movies, and they said that they could relate more to the teens that John Hughes featured, the Molly Ringwalds and the the nerds that were in the Breakfast Club or whatever, than they could with like the American Pie teens. I only made the John Hughes reference because they referenced American Pie. The teens did in this movie. Yeah. So well, that's, that's interesting, though. That's cool. What's uh? What's any uh, any more bullet points, bro? I have two more bullet points, then we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, all right, fourth fourth bullet point. Director Steve Northington, who whose work I enjoyed on the original Blade movie, has been once again uh, out doing publicity for his proposed reboot of The Crow. At this point, the 21st century, as we're preparing to enter another decade, some people would say that we're in a new decade. I'm going to say we won't be in a new decade till we reach the end of this year and hit 2011. Be that as it may, 
is there still a place for the crow so many years later? And what about what do you say to the people who say this movie shouldn't even ever be considered because of um, it's a, it's an insult to the memory of Brandon Lee? Well, Keeping in mind that there were there was a crow sequel, there was a crow three that was terrible, and then I think even a TV show. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know there was a TV show, but I saw the sequels and they were absolute crap. Uh, I don't think they need to remake this movie. I don't think they're gonna accomplish anything by remaking the film. This is one of my favorite films of all time. It's just one of those films that I can watch no matter when it's on or whatever. But what's the point? I mean, that just shows a lack of originality in Hollywood. They need to start making original stuff again and stop revamping everything or making sequels that suck. I don't think it's that irrelevant yet either. I don't, you know, it's only it's it's not like it's from the 70s and people haven't seen it and because it wasn't out on DVD or you know it's it's still pretty recent in the in the film history and I don't think they're going to be able to do that much more with it and and again why try like I agree with you there are too many sequels made that really don't need to be made or re- remakes that really don't need to be made oh I, I don't I don't have I don't have much to say on it because I didn't really ever watch the first Crow. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I I just thought it was a, a moody film that that you know people might cut themselves to. <laughs> and, and, and if they want to make another one of those, I I mean they I guess they can. You know why not? But I, I'm not. I'm probably not going to see it again. Again, you never saw it in the first place. Huh. <laughs> I guarantee that. Yeah, again, I'm not going to see it. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I guarantee if they make it, I'll be there day to see it. <laughs> Did you see all the sequels? Because I, I mean, I saw the second one in the theaters. I, I saw the I might second have seen one. Some. Then the later ones went direct to video, and, and I, I saw the one with Edward Furlong. You know, remember John Connor from T2? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in one, and they're, they're, they're just like you could see a better film on the Sci-Fi Network. I saw the second one with the French actor who I couldn't understand when he spoke. All right, see my you. last bullet point. <laughs> This podcast, then I, uh, I have one other thing to a rapid round of something I want to do, then we'll wrap things up. This is the biggest news, I think, of the year so far. I wish Jim Carl were here with us, uh, Blue Zone stalwart Jim Carl. I wish he was here to discuss it, but he's not. Uh, Warner Brothers announced a couple weeks ago that Chris Nolan, the director and co writer of The Dark Knight, has been tapped to oversee the production of the Superman reboot. That's going to take place now. Um, as we've gotten a couple years separated uh, so from Superman, Brian Singer's Superman. Superman Returns reboot. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people online are saying uh, Nolan, Nolan's too dark for Superman. We don't need we don't need him involved with it. Um, some people are excited about it. Uh, personally, I'm excited. I think Nolan's an intelligent and intelligent enough filmmaker that he's he realizes that the darkness of the Dark Knight is not necessarily. Um, at home in Superman, so I don't think he's a one-trick pony. I don't think I think he's going to be able to make a movie that's not dark. Uh, he's not actually going to direct the movie, but he's going to oversee hiring of the director and hiring of the writers and guide the guide the film as it's created. What do you think about that? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan, so I have faith in anything he kind of puts his hands on. I agree with that as well. I believe, I believe I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of. Benefit of the doubt by a mile. I think well, it's going to be good. I don't even think he. I don't understand where all the doubt's coming from. Just because, I mean, he's proven legitimately that he can make a superhero film in Batman. Just because Batman was dark, Batman was supposed to be dark. I don't understand why people 
wouldn't trust him with Superman after Batman just because, I mean, they're two different worlds. And if anyone's ever seen Insomnia, he can make a movie that has sun in it, so I'm not worried. <laughs> is a, I mean, is Superman, though, is Superman like a money pit? It seems like you make one, they throw, you know, pump a director, or throw lots of money at it, and then it doesn't really catch on. Like, I mean, they made the first the first four, or, you know, the first set of Superman films, and I guess the first the one classic, was really... classic Superman yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one was really popular, then, you know, so they made some sequels. But I'm, like, thinking, you know, it's like, are they just rebooting something that people don't really relate to anymore? I mean, he's got, like... I mean, you can do Superman in so many different ways. You can do the right. Smallville Superman. You can do the, you know, the all-powerful... I'm going to fight people from, from another planet, Superman. Um, you could do a million different types of Supermans that have been in the comics. It's like, so now, is it going to stay topical, or is it going to just die? I mean, it, it doesn't matter if Christopher Nolan has it or not. I mean, are people really interested in watching a Superman film again? Yeah, you make a good point. Superman, even though there hasn't been, a, there wasn't a movie for so long, Superman never really got out of the public eye because there was a Superboy TV show, then there was the Smallville TV show, there was Lois and Clark. So yeah. Superman has always been represented, and maybe people are, are, you know, maybe people people say, "I've been watching this character on TV for free for twenty years. What new is there to say in a movie?" But, um, man, I have to think that they can do Superman right and make people care about it. Su- Superman is like, um. Like See, the superhero the, that started superhero comics, and he's he, he's created. Some people say he's a Jewish hero because he was created by two Jewish um, artists, but he's also an American. I mean, he's very, very much part of America, and, and uh, it, it seems like they 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 can present him in a way that people are going to care about today. The problem with the last movie, well, one of the problems, Kevin Spacey. I'm not even going to say that. I like <laughs> Kevin Spacey, but that whole movie, Superman didn't throw a punch. The whole movie. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Th- that's what Kevin, Kevin Smith, in one of his uh, tours he did, an evening with Kevin Smith, he's like... That's hilarious. I didn't think I'd ever see a Superman that was boring. <laughs> and he said that that movie was boring because there's no action in it. It was kind of like just what it was. I mean, didn't the... What, was it the X-Men director that went to it? Yeah, so it's somebody that knows what he's doing kind of takes over the, the franchise and still has, has a problem getting a like legitimate story out of it. Like is it? That's why. That's why my problem is even with Christopher Nolan on board. Is it going to be something that people are going to be like, "Yeah, this is a really good film," or are they just going to say, "This it, guy's a symbol, but he's not really engaging his back." You can't do his background. If they do another origin story, I'm going to kill them. He can't do another origin story. I agree completely. <laughs> completely. With that. I don't want to see Superman <laughs> rocketed from Planet Krypton. <laughs> the problem with the story of the Brian Singer movie is the story was basically the story of Superman the motion picture starring Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. It was Lex Luthor who has a plan to make some sort of real estate. In the, in the first movie, he was going to blow up the fault in California and separate the west coast of California into an island that he would then rule and he would have control over this body of land. In this movie, Lex Luthor is going to create a body of land made of crystal that no one would ever want to live on because it looked really horrible <laughs> to even walk on it. But it was still... Lex Luthor wanting land, and Superman had to stop him. And just in this movie, Superman stopped him in a very boring way because he was the times when he could have fought, he was affected by kryptonite, <laughs> so he couldn't really fight. And I think something that they need to focus on in the next 
iteration of a Superman movie is that it, he's an action hero. He is much more of an action hero than Batman. You can get away with really deep character development, drama kind of things with a Batman movie because he's more of that internal kind of guy. And Superman, he's out there flying around, jumping over buildings, punching things. And he, that's, he's more, much more of an extrovert, and he needs to his movie needs to reflect that. He can't just sit around brooding. And so as long as they make sure it's, you know, it's a fun action film, we don't need to get really deep into his relationships with people. That's not, that's not who he is. That's not his story. So I think that as long as Christopher Nolan does that and is aware of that and makes sure that happens, it will be a good movie. No Lord of the Rings style filters on the camera. (laughs) And your Superman should be fun. Superman maybe should be 95% fun and 5% of it should like be used to fill you with the crazy feeling of patriotism <laughs> <laughs> which is something the other movie the other movie uh, Brian the Brian Singer movie tried to avoid I'm not sure it, why it not only avoided it but like what's the classic phrase that the editor always asks truth justice in the american way they didn't even have the american way in nope there. they did everything to make it not patriotic exactly and it, you know there are things I don't want to get political. There are things people don't like about our country, and, and okay, but don't change Superman to appease those people. It's always it's tradition. It's always been American way, and I understand the American definition of the American way over the past twelve years has maybe been changed, but whatever, keep it in there. And also, I want to say, um, at the time when I saw the Superman, ma- oh oh, when he saved the airplane from that was going to crash, and he kept the plane; it was falling apart, and he saved it, and then he landed in the middle of a baseball field. That scene was awesome. Like, I got all choked up whenever the people stood up and started clapping for him. And I was like, <laughs> like if someone had said something to me at the time, like, do you want me to go get you a soda? I wouldn't have been able to answer because I was too choked up. <laughs> that scene was great. And there were other things in the movie at the time I thought were really cool. I remember when they, when they revealed that that kid was his kid, that Lois' son was really Superman's son, when he threw a piano across the room. I, like, sat up in my chair and I was like, Oh my God, anything can happen in this movie. Superman has a son. <laughs> I was like thunderstruck for real. But now I realize that people in America don't, they're not interested in that. And uh, they don't want that kind of stuff added to the Superman mythos. So. See, I wish Jim was here because Jim freaking loves that movie. Jim thinks there's nothing wrong with Brian Singer's Superman movie. Wow. Yeah. So I'd like to see what he thinks about that. So, All right, anything else for that? I don't want to beat no, dead horse. No, it's. All right, we're, we're going to wrap this up because we've asked you to, to put a lot of time into this, and, and hopefully you've got hopefully uh, you're rewarded in some way. But I really fast want to go around the group here and just get uh, something that you've seen on uh, in the theater or in home video in the past month that you think is extremely worthwhile, and we need to give a tip out to the audience to pick it up and check it out. You just go clockwise, starting with Luke. What do you think, buddy? Oh man, that I've seen recently. I mean, I, well, I just saw Shutter Island yesterday, so that was okay. Um, Thought it was a little predictable, but I think it's worth checking out. Scorsese film is always one way or the other. It's at least interesting. So I can't think of anything else that I've been watching except Lost. So I'm going to bring up Lost again, like everybody else in the world, because I've been watching I've been watching Lost one time a day, and you know now I'm up to like season two and like the fifth or sixth episode. I mean, every episode is amazing. It's like forty-five minutes. Of, it's like forty-five minutes of like heaven. It's like a mini. Each episode is like a mini movie. Oh, it, it definitely is. And and you put three together, that makes a movie. It could have had. It's it's good thing that they're not planning on Lost the movie, 
because I don't know what they would do. It's like Lost the movie would completely fail because it's just like the show is as good as any of those action movies. I mean, just consistently too. So, I mean, I, I I'm surprised I haven't seen these before, but now that I have, awesome. So everybody go see Lost. <laughs> Where shall we go to, to see it? Coming, <laughs> coming to uh, coming to theaters near you <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, the last movie I just saw was just last night, and I finally saw Up. And what a neat movie that was. I'm glad I finally saw it. And Of course, most people have probably seen it by now, but I will still heartily recommend it to anyone who has not yet seen it. Mm-hmm. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> All right, and real quick, the movie I'm going to recommend this week or this podcast is the recent comedy that just came out on DVD, Black Dynamite. <laughs> uh, probably one of the funniest movies I've seen in years. It's only like 86 minutes. Um and it keeps the humor going the whole time. <laughs> like it's the worst thing in the world. You're, don't, don't worry. <laughs> no, no. You only have to survive through this for 86 minutes. <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because the preview came out. I thought the preview was hilarious, and I know a lot of people did too. Um, and I must have watched that preview like 20 times. And I was like, well, I wonder if I'm going to see this. And in 20 minutes, the, the novelty of it's going to wear off. and you know, It's, it's going to drag, but it never really does. It's so clever, and there's so many funny things that happen in it. Even even things beyond, you know, um, spoofing the the black exploitation genre. There's a lot of funny things that are that just happen. So I'd recommend that to anyone if you want a good laugh. Uh, great great movie, Black Dynamite. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's that's, that's the it. thing you have to say in a podcast when you get to the end and you don't you're uncomfortable about how to end it. You always have to go. All right. All right. All right. Well, All right. That's well, uh. Thanks yeah. for doing this. And your voice has to go. Okay. You have to. Your voice has to go. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank uh, in-studio producer Luke Winters for helping us put this together, kind of get some publicity out there for Blue Zone and our new web films department, which is going to have a project coming to you very soon. And, of course, our new Facebook site. Um, search for Blue Zone Films, and it'll come up. We also uh, want to recommend, again, the podcast. Sergeant the Invisible Man podcast. Uh, I don't really remember the website, but... Sergeant Invisible Man will get you a website somehow. Hopefully it'll be on iTunes soon, so... And we'll put a link to it on Blue Zone, of course, on our Facebook page. Sarah, anything you want to hype? Uh, the brownies that you were baking before the podcast? The cupcakes? Through 15 years at your job. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, Sarah. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, if we put some thought in it, we would have had a neat little catchphrase to go out on. Um, like, cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, there you go. That's, that's, that's pretty good. All right, everyone. That's a wrap. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>